As you prepare for retirement, you'll be faced with many important choices. We want you to make the right ones. Welcome to Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott. Charles is an accredited investment fiduciary. He's well-equipped to help you make sound financial decisions. We want you to experience a meaningful retirement. On our podcast, we believe financial choices matter. Welcome into another edition of the podcast. It's Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott, fiduciary advisor, Peloton Capital Management, and myself here to talk investing, finance, and retirement. And we are going to talk a little bit today on the podcast about, uh, you know, exposing some retirement planning complaints. You know, we're going to tackle some of those common fears and, and things, Charles, that we hear in the industry. Uh, and maybe some of these are well-founded, maybe some are misconceptions, but we'll go through them a little bit and chat them up. So that's on the docket today. What's going on, my friend? How are you? Cool. Hey, well, I'm fine. It's a, uh, we haven't done this in a little bit, so good to get back in the, in the, you know, in the, in the chair and yeah. cozy up to a, cozy up to a microphone and get to yell at you. There so you it's go. Fun. Yeah. The man in the chair. There you go. That's it. That's right. We're, we're, yeah. There you go. So it's uh yeah, it's been, it's been a hot one too. Now you guys have had some crazy heat going on. So you doing all right and all that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it's Toasty. it's not. I would say it's uncomfortable. You get used to it. You adapt to it. It's still, right. you know, when for, my contention is when the pool at night is too hot to be in very long, then that's hot. Yeah, it's toasty. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, so it's it'll it'll get better. Yeah, hopefully the know. reprieve is on its way and and yeah. uh, we'll go from there. But for now, let's talk. I moved, I moved here on purpose, so I can't. I don't. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, that. you know what? That could be a common complaint, right? Oh, it's always too hot, right? You know, and as people have been doing that recently, and it's so funny, right? As humans, we're like, we can't wait for winter to end because we were like, oh, it's too cold, and I'm tired of the cold, and I can't wait for summer, and I want to be outside. Yeah, no, it you know, too hot. and then summer gets here, and by the time summer starts to wind down, we're complaining that it's too hot. We can't wait for fall and winter, right? So it's never ending yeah, cycle well, with humans, right? We always find something I'm, to complain about. I'm happy to be hot and sweaty. There you go. Well, let's talk about some financial versions uh, that might uh, that might get folks hot and sweaty, uh, and not in a good yeah, way, right? right? <laughs> so let's talk about a couple of these. You know, a common complaint we often hear is my advisor takes too much risk, and it's like, okay, yeah. well, why why do you feel that way? Is it a because you know you've asked them to, or b because you haven't told them that you're not comfortable with that risk? There's lots of things to consider here. Are they just taking well, that risk like willy nilly, or what? Well, I don't think people, honest to God, you got to define what risk means. Yeah, I mean, for sure. You know, there, there's software out there now that will say, answer these questions and we'll give you your risk tolerance number. That's just crap. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. It's stupid. But everybody wants to know. I mean, the portfolios are constructed based on that. That's nuts. I mean, people don't know how much risk anybody's really taking and what kind of risk. There's a zillion different kinds of risk. What do you mean? You got to have a conversation with people. This is what it all boils down to all the time. You need to talk about this stuff. You need to know do you really understand what the risk is of not doing this, mm -hmm. not just the risk of doing it? And how do we want to mitigate this? Can we stay within sort of, you know, the, the gutters of a bowling alley and, and not go too far one way or the other? Yeah. Um, it's not a number and you can't just plug it in and expect it to do it because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and neither does anybody else. So there's that's an infinite amount of risk. And so you just live with it and don't over, you know, don't be overly concerned about it if you and if you've diversified properly over the course of, you know, over the course of years and the and the options that are available to you, you should be fine. 
You just don't know. Nobody could predict the future. I've never been any good at it. I've tried like crazy. I've tried to levitate too. I can't do that. No, either. no, it didn't work for you, huh? Yeah. No, I mean, we work. all we all like the upside risk, and, and none oh, of us sure. like the downside risk, right? It's, so it's yeah. it's about rebalancing and and, and being yeah. honest on the conversation yeah. of saying I, I I don't want to take that much on the downside. So how do we mitigate that, right? Well, so. that's right. You, you know, and there are certainly ways to do it. And if you don't have the conversation, well, then don't be surprised if you were weighted a certain way that was bringing in uh, more return on the upside. That's one of the reasons that you, you know, balance and you find the right strategy because, well, right. again, if it starts to fall and you're not happy with that, then you weren't really completely honest about what risk level you were willing to take. So no, that's right. That's okay. exactly. All right. Uh, fees are too high. Pretty common, right? And I think everybody certainly can relate to that. But it's one of those, again, those situations where some people feel like their fees are too high and they truly don't even know actually how high they are. They'd be surprised to know that they're even higher than they think they are. Well, today's not the day to be grumpy about all of this stuff. But people people don't understand. I've said it before. You've heard me say this before. And the people that are listening have heard this before, too. Uh -huh. In the history of the in the wealthiest country in the history of the world, we have a population that's financially illiterate. Oh, big time. And this, this is the same thing. My, the fees are too high. Well, compared to what? And what kind of return are you getting? And do you understand the risk, the trade-off between risk and reward? You can't mathematically calculate any of this. It's if you if it feels like it's way too high, then I'll go, you know, we'll slide away. You know, that's why we have conversations before we ever put a portfolio together for people. We've got this whole big plan. Let's figure out what's going to make the most sense to you. Let's put some stuff over here which has kind of no risk and but it's going to grow slower and let's take some more risk over here. But, you know, and then what am I going to charge for that? And it's, you know, we have an in-depth conversation with everybody all the time about this is how we do it. Mm -hmm. This is why we do it the way we do it. Um, and no, nobody should be surprised. And, you know, like like the fees are too high. Well, compared to what? Yeah, do you remember charge more than I do? Yeah, I well, and, and often fees are, you know, there's a lot of hidden fees. And so sometimes people don't even realize what it is that they're paying. Uh, oh, yeah. Or, no. or they think that, you know, they hear the, the, the adage of, well, my advisor only charges me a percent. And so somebody or, you know, they hear a friend say, well, my advisor only charges me one percent because that person really doesn't tr truly realize that there's all the other fees hidden inside your mutual funds and so on and so oh, forth. Sure. And that's yeah, just the advisory fee. Right. Yeah. Nobody does this for free. Right. They right. just don't. But that's well, just Vanguard the advisory fee, right? There's product fees too. So sometimes oh, if sure. you're feeling frustrated, There's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you got to realize what fees are you talking about. So yeah, people would be stunned. You know, ask them if they ever read a prospectus to a mutual fund. Of course, they haven't. No. You you know, remember, I mean, I'm not MC... taking on them at all. But it's yeah. so, you know, these need, some of these knee-jerk reactions, uh, the you know, the complaints of the yeah. complaints usually come from not really understanding why why we're recommending what we're recommending. Right. Well, that's why we're talking about it, right? That's exactly so, it. So do you remember that? Do you remember the phone company MCI? Do you remember them? Yeah. Back in the 80s and, and early 90s, I think. They yeah. had the most convoluted phone bill I think I've ever seen. And, and it kind okay. of reminds me of like this perspective conversation you just brought up, right? Because it's like, who reads it, right? <laughs> who goes through the whole well, yeah, thing? Exactly. Because it's, you're just like, oh, after a while, your brain goes numb, you know? So, well, yeah, because it's written by an attorney to confuse everybody. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, all right. Uh, another one, common one here. Social Security will not be enough to cover my expenses. Now, this is t a totally legitimate concern. And hopefully you are thinking that and you're preparing so that it's not your sole source. You know, if you're thinking yeah. about like food on a plate, you know, it might be, you know, maybe what, one third? Like maybe on your plate, you've got yeah. a third uh, potatoes, it, a third greens, and a third uh, steak? <laughs> it was never meant to be. Right. It was a supplement. And it still should be. 
well, yeah, and that's all it is. And people still have no idea in the world how to maximize their Social Security benefits. And again, as I've said, whenever this topic comes up, it's Dr. Sherry in the office. She is the expert. She's forgotten more than I know. Uh, I know enough to be dangerous, and she knows it inside out, forward and backwards. And, you know, it's but it was never supposed to be all of your expenses. It was not your your, your pension plan. It just wasn't. You know, so you learn how to use it to your advantage and don't complain about it because just be thankful that you've got it. Because if you started all over right now and tried to, defend, you know, put this all together, it would never work. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, you know, Social Security is, you know, just add it to the list of things people don't understand. Well, and, it, and unfortunately, if you've, if you've made the decision, made some decisions or some things have happened along the way that your Social Security is your primary source of income, you know, obviously that was probably not your goal, right? That was not your intention. My mom's in this boat, right? So she had some things happen financially that, that put her there. However, you know, so, you, you know, you, you got to figure out your way through it. But with proper planning, you can hope hopefully mitigate that and let it be that supplemental piece to the other things that you have hopefully accrued in your, in your lifetime. So that's right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. All right. So again, common complaints is what we're talking about. Uh, now this one's kind of funny to me as well. My account didn't seem to do very well last year. And this goes back to that risk conversation, right? So you hear people like, so if the year did really well, for example, and somebody's like, well, uh, the S and P we'll just make up some numbers here. The S and P did 25%, but I only did like 12 that, you know, that kind of sucks. And it's like, well, that's because you're the way you were set for risk is you didn't want to take that much risk to try to go after that 20 or 25%, Right. right? So it's the same conversation. It didn't grow much. It went down some. Okay, that happens. Yeah. You don't know. Again, we can't predict the future. So we just put things together that make the most sense at that particular time and tweak it as we go to try to then take advantage of what is now changing in the marketplace. Right. Um, And then there's other parts of your portfolio that you need to just put in something that you know is going to be exactly the same year after year after year after year. Right. Well, I mean, if you're complaining, all of that stuff off. If that's, you're complaining that your your credit didn't grow on a down year, that's just kind of silly anyway, right? Well, you yeah. know. But I I get the the complaint on the up year again, but it's back to risk tolerance. You know yeah. how how did you have your advisor structure your portfolio? If you well, said, right. hey, I don't want to take a whole lot of risk, then don't be surprised when you don't get a whole lot of return. Yeah. Well, that's right because that's the way it's built. Right. Because, but you're happy. You were happy. You were not happy in, in 21 when the market finished really high because you, you know, kept your risk low and you, therefore you didn't take as many chances, but you were awfully darn happy in 22 when the market dropped 30%, right? Or 25% or the, uh, what was it? Uh, NASDAQ, a lot of tech fell like 30, 35%. You were happy then because you didn't fall that whole amount, right? It's all about the exposure. Sure it is. It's, yeah. it's really there are a zillion moving parts inside a portfolio, but the concept of a portfolio is really pretty basic. Yeah. Pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's do one more here and then we'll uh, take an email question as we usually do. Uh, the, the, I only hear from my advisor when he or she wants to buy or sell me something. I don't get advice on anything else. And this one just is to me, it's just, well, you don't have an actual planner or maybe, an, I guess oh. maybe Charles in today's day and age when everybody can call themselves an advisor, it does get tough for people to realize who is really commission based versus who is a true planner. And that's where it comes back to us as the potential client to, to do some investigation and to ask some questions. Well, that's right. And to me, this is, you know, why would you stay with somebody that really, this sounds to me like you're really unhappy. So why would you stay there? Go find somebody else, you know, take the things that you don't like about what's going on and then go ask specific questions of other flavors to see, do they sort of do it the same way? 
I mean, God knows if you're a client of ours, you get junk from us all the time. It's not junk, it's good stuff, but we're touching you all the time. We're certainly keeping you appraised of what's going on, you know, with your overall plan, but there's just all kinds of ancillary things that Sherry sends out all the time to people or that we post online. It's just an educational process that we go through with everybody all the time because that's what makes it interesting. Right. Yeah, you just got to, you know, you've got to have a conversation about the person that you're working with and what it is that you need. Because maybe that person that is a commission based or whatever is totally fine when you're younger. That's all. Maybe that's all you need. Right. But at some point, if you're looking for conversations on Social Security and tax strategy and so on and so forth, and you're not getting that, well, then it's not the right fit any longer. Right. You need to change the kind of person you're working with. Yeah. No, it's don't try to make this too complicated because it doesn't have to be. And if something doesn't seem to make sense, then. And it doesn't mean that they're doing something wrong because you never hear from them on that. That's their business model. It's kind of really on you to say, okay, this is, I've outgrown this style. I need to go in another direction. So, yeah, that's, I mean, we would tell people that if we're no longer a fit for you, then we'll acknowledge that. We've done that before. No, this is not, this is not working out the way you want it to. We know that. We get that. Yeah, for sure. You know, so let's. You know, take a different path. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll help you find somebody if you want us to. Right, but. right. But but be honest about what your needs are, not only with yourself, but with obviously the person you're working with. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's do an email question from around the cool. area. We tend to get these in on, on the, uh, the website. So, again, if you've got a question you'd like to drop by and chat with them, stop by pelotoncapital.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and or drop a line or check out some of the tools, tips, and resources at Peloton Capital. Dot com And the email is from Brian in Mesa. And he says, uh, I'm not able to find a long-term care policy that I'm really comfortable with. They just all are so expensive. Is that kind of the norm? So what do you think about um, the long-term care policies, Charles? What do I think about them? Yeah. I, um, think, I think if you're looking at how do you hedge your or leverage your dollars if as you age, you end up with some kind of a long-term care event, which statistically like three out of four people are going to have, you got to have long-term care insurance. It's Mm -hmm. real simple. The the insurance policies themselves have changed dramatically in the last few years. Right. Um, They, you know, you, you own the asset now that you put into that policy. And the biggest difference is if you never need it, you still own the asset that you put into that policy and it passes on to your beneficiaries or it could come back to you too, depending mm-hmm. on how you set it up. In the old days, you paid like car insurance, you paid a premium every year. And if you never get in a wreck, you never needed it. But if you get in a wreck, it's really nice to have. That was what long-term care insurance was before. Yeah, I think we feel that way about a lot of insurance, right? It's like, uh, oh, you yeah. know, I pay for something that I'm I'm never going to need. And it's like, that's right. but the opposite but side is, it, yeah, when, yeah, exactly. If but you I mean, did need it, you're super happy you had it. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. So there's there's just there's a lot of new stuff. Uh, we're very excited about a lot of the new stuff. I was never nuts about the old stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, just this is you know it was the lose it, use it or lose it. But these new these new policies give you leverage. You can theoretically, depending on circumstances and age, you know it's always that. And what you want to try to accomplish, you could take a dollar and turn it into three or four dollars worth of care if you ever need it. And if you never need it, you still have the original dollar. I don't know. You know, that's not a bad deal. True. And, and you know, and, and I think with any kind of product, they've changed so much through the years, but they are expensive. And I get it. Long-term care is definitely expensive. That's why there's a lot of other conversations you could be having with your advisor on, hey, what is the best way to handle, you know, planning for long-term care? But at least he's at least he's thinking about it because some people will uh, just yeah, avoid long-term exactly right. care. Yeah, as a yeah. whole. So 
because it's stunning how expensive long-term care care actually is. Mm-hmm. It's people who have no idea unless they have a family member that's in the middle of it. It's it's crazy. So that's a, that's a tough one all the time to have a conversation with folks about. Too. Yeah, definitely. Well, and again, so kudos to Brian for thinking about it. So because um, yep. there's definitely a, a lot going on in that realm. So obviously, with any email questions that come in, obviously you and Sherry have reached out to the person already. But if someone else is listening to the podcast and has a similar question or just has a question in general, make sure you reach out to Charles and Sherry again at pelotoncapital.com. That's pelotoncapital.com. You can also find them uh, by simply calling four eight zero five one three eighteen thirty. 480-513-1830. Charles, thanks for hanging out on the podcast. Good to chat with you again. Hope you're doing well. That's sweaty but happy. There you go. And uh, we'll be back. We'll do another one here later on. Uh, a couple of weeks, we'll have another podcast for you. So don't forget to subscribe to Financial Choices Matter on Apple, Google, or Spotify. And we'll catch you next time here with Charles Scott, Fiduciary Advisor at Peloton Capital Management. Financial planning and investment advisory services are provided by Peloton Capital Management Limited, a state-registered investment advisor. Past performance is not indicative of future results. No one should assume the information presented here serves as a receipt of or substitute for personalized individual advice provided by Peloton Capital Management. For more information, visit www.pelotoncapital.com.